at this point, um, I, I want to introduce our special guest and, um, um, and really kind of lay a foundation for, uh, for what he's going to be talking about uh, this afternoon. We've spent 10 days moving into, uh, moving into repentance and uh, restoration. This is, um, this is the fruit now. Now we're coming out of repentance and we've, we've, we're allowing restoration to take place. God is wanting to bring us into different aspects of reformation. We're calling it the new wineskin. And uh, he needs, in a sense, to transform his church, to ready the bride for his coming. And let's not forget his bride is going to be spotless and pure without stain or wrinkle. And uh, there are a number of reforms aside from the reconnection of the one new man, uh, such as the fivefold and different, uh, different focuses for the church to, to move into now so that God's body can be released in greater power and greater authority. And uh, one of really at the heart of, of, of this transformation and this reformation is financial reform. And at this point, it gives me uh, honor and pleasure to introduce my dear brother, Greg Healy, who has really carrying the burden for this message to come forth uh, in the body of Messiah at this time. Um, and um, I, I can only tell you, I have walked with him for several years now, and some of the things that he has had to go through um, through the leading of the Holy Spirit and the, the chastening and the fire and the, and the pruning and, and everything he's been through, um, real refiner's fire. And I'm sure he'll explain some of that to you. Uh, but at this point, I, 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 want, I, I want to introduce uh, Greg to you to share this message with us this morning, this afternoon. Bless you, Greg. Hey, thank you, Grant. Good afternoon to everybody um, on this Yom Kippur day. It's a good day to talk about repentance and as Grant was mentioning, reformation. And so what is Grant talking about this financial reformation? I'm going to talk a little bit about my background and testimony. Then I'm going to go into some of the systemic issues we have in our nation and in the churches. Um, and uh, then we can talk a little bit about what can we do personally to repent in this area? Um, I'll start off by just saying the, the key to repentance in the financial realm from God's perspective is anywhere where we have trusted in another other than our, our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, our Father in heaven, God wants us to not and stop depending on anything other than him. So one of the best scriptures to understand this, I like, is Matthew 4, 4, which is a really Jesus re-quoting Deuteronomy 8, um, where he says, uh, and he's responding to the devil's temptation in the, in the wilderness, and he's saying, um, man does not live 
on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what he's contrasting there in the scripture, what is being contrasted is his life about our physical sustenance or is life about God above sustaining us? Uh, here in Connecticut, we have a motto, God who transplanted us here shall sustain us. And uh, often, and even in Deuteronomy 8, we read that the Israelites uh, strayed from God and dispatched them where they uh, were warned. Uh, and then it was fulfilled. They were warned by Moses. When you go into the promised land and things go well for you, you settle into homes, vineyards, and olive uh, olive tree gar uh, gardens that were not planted by you, you're going to have the temptation to think that somehow you yourself did this. Somehow you yourself, through your own strength, ingenuity, uh, know-how, hard work, brought the blessing upon yourself. But never forget, it was not you it was god um so this is the key thing in this area is to understand like self-effort and what we can do and how we can control things and if we have enough money we can do whatever we want this is a false impression this is a false trust unfortunately it's kind of baked into our american culture these days and so it's seeped into a lot of aspects of our lives the church ministries um and since the united states is exporting much in christianity around the world we're exporting some of these same philosophies uh we trust in our economy sometimes more than we do god we say god bless america let the stark market go up and when we say things like this or think things like this or wonder things like this it's really an offense to god it's likened to when gideon um, was raised up because the people of Israel in those days were trying to worship a little bit of Baal and a little bit of Jehovah. It's the same issue when uh, Elijah was, out on, was up on Mount Carmel and he had the challenge. How long will you falter between two opinions? You either believe in Baal or you believe in God. So it's to simply say, do we trust in God or do we trust in our money? Do we trust in God or do we trust in our jobs, our income, our offering plates, and the way that, uh, you know, we fund things? Do we trust in our budget and abilities to fundraise or do we trust in God? If God said, I don't need a budget, I can do what I want without a budget, and I can do what I want with money or without money, are we willing to go with that? Are we willing to trust it like that? Our culture has made money so important and elevated that it almost seems like it's the critical path to things. Well, God, if you want me to do this, then you've got to provide the money. Well, Lord, you know, if we're going to live, we have to have the right amount of money to be in the area that we're living in. Otherwise, we've got to move and we've got to do something. We've got to take it into our own hands. And it kind of rests upon a false philosophy, which has come from some of our forefathers. And it's, it's, it's a growing virus, if you will. When ben said God helps those who help themselves and that's not a biblical notion that's not true the Lord is supreme um, he is not a clock making God who's distant and says you humans you figure it out on your own and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and make it happen and go for it there's no one going to help you if you don't help yourself like that's not the God of the Bible he's a covenantal God 
Um, so anyway, to take a step back, uh, that's sort of a framing and setting of the table here. If we take a step back in my own life, I grew up uh, in a Christian home, um, loving the Lord, serving Jesus, was healed as a kid, delivered as a kid, baptized in the spirit as a, all as a young five, six, seven-year-old. That's all part of my testimony and inheritance. And, um, but, you know, I was also really keen on and interested in the American way of success and life. And uh, I grew up thinking these things are mutually compatible and every success that I could enjoy in our capitalistic culture uh, is blessed by God and is good. He's a free market God. He's a free will God. So um, these things are all the same. Uh, so I pursued the, what I would refer to as the new American dream. New American dream is, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. If you can do it, if you, you know, God, with a little bit of God's blessing, we can achieve so much in our society because of uh, our culture, our freedoms, our liberties, our abilities. And the issue with that, of course, is that if we forget God or we put that ahead of God or we somehow think that God is just um, distant from us, it's, it, it's false. And so in pursuing that life, like I'm going to believe and continue in my faith, but I'm going to pursue and, 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 and desire that which I want to have success in in life. And for me, that was uh, business, technology, finance, Wall Street, all the things that I thought God could bless me with into the increase and then I could do good with. Um, and even in those days when I was more uh, in my prodigal years, um, it wasn't so much about even helping anybody. It was just about success. So I had, I ended up through a series of um, improbable turns of my career. I ended up in uh, what I wanted to ultimately aspire to achieve, which was I was on Wall Street and I was in investment banking. I was working for uh, two of the major houses and banks globally. Um, and uh, I, was, I was achieving every success, even improbably. Um, I, I didn't go to Harvard Business School. I went to a Lafayette College as an engineer and most of my colleagues had been to business school and not only that had been to one of the top five business schools in the country. Um, and, and so just improbably this, this happened, this is, the success was there and I really enjoyed it. And, um, as I drew back and closer to the Lord, things started to shift and I started to, uh, reprioritize my day in my life. I remember I used to go on the commuting train and I'd read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And then I started reading the Bible and a Christian book. Um, and at work, you know, things became more and more difficult. I suffered persecution and troubles and uh, various things that were trials. And the Lord used that to bring me, draw me closer to him. And I pressed in. Um, so the more I pursued that, meaning pursuing God and returning back to him, um, the more I started gaining an understanding of what, what does life look like to God from his perspective in our nation? And, and what about this career that I was pursuing and how does that fit into everything? So um, I'll fast forward because uh, 2001, we had the Twin Towers fall during 9-11. The Lord spoke to me about coming out of Babylon. I didn't understand what that meant exactly. Uh, coming out of Babylon was spoken to me through Isaiah 52, but it's a parallel of Revelation 18. Come out of her, my people, lest you will suffer from her sins and her plagues. And if you read Revelation 18, it's really a description of our modern 
global economy. It's the merchants and the uh, economic systems of our world in our time. Um, and so uh, 2009, we hit a financial crisis ourselves uh, personally. And the Lord said, I want you to trust me with everything. He had given us a business at that time. We had started our own company. And he said, I want you to trust me with everything. I've given you a calling and assignment. And I want you to just continue to believe. And when we ran out of our every ability to help ourselves, when I had both hands in the natural tie behind my back, we ran out of money, we ran out of credit, we ran out of uh, assets, we, you know, everything was basically uh, gone. We had, God was saying, I want you to trust me. We went from a $40,000 a month need and run rate of a cash burn to absolute zero. And I thought that money, some check would come in or the capital would refund, re, recapitalize the business or something would happen that would be the significant miracle that I was trusting God for, being a person of faith. But that's not how it happened. And what the Lord said was, I need to teach you new ways. I need to show you how I see these things. And so he started to show me that he cared more about how I did my business or how I made my money than he did what I did my money so oftentimes in our culture, we think about, hey, like work hard, play hard, and then, you know, be good and be charitable. We have this notion of like all's fair in, in uh, business, in, in love, war, and business. Um, and, then, you know, you can fight ugly, but then you'll do good with whatever you have coming out of that. And the Lord was really showing me, no, that's a false understanding. I want to use business and commerce itself. I want to use finance as a means of being godly and how you act and conduct yourself is as important to getting the gospel across to people as anything else. So don't think of it in terms of, I will make money like the world, be successful, God will bless me, then I will bless others. God was saying, you're still a slave in that system. That What is the system? The system is our modern day economy. If you look at our financial system. It's connected to the Federal Reserve. It's connected to banking. There is systemic greed that's built into the system. We can't get around it because of the rules we created for how things are publicly traded. In capitalism, capital is king, capital is God, so capital must and demand, it demands a return. And that return has to come as the highest priority. There's no place for God in that priority structure. But if we have that old strategy I was telling you about, we kind of rationalize it. We say, hey, it's no problem. We can just, you know, make this money in our corporate affairs and then we'll do good with it. So it's all good in God's sight. But the problem with that is we are doing all the very things that God says don't to do when we're trying to squeeze out every penny of profit. Uh, God says, do not oppress the poor. Do not charge interest uh, to those who are struggling. Let, when, you forget, when you lend to people, forgive them. Our system does not have any of that built into it. It is purely depersonalized. That's a, that's, a, that's a strategy of the enemy. So as we came out of this understanding and we started trusting God with every uh, moment of our day financially and not knowing how are we going to pay for food, how are we going to put gas in our, our, in our cars? How are we going to pay for heating oil? How are we going to do any of these things? The Lord opened up all of these other channels. He's the God who can do things with or without money. He was saying, Greg, do not look at life through the lens of the 
uh, the spreadsheet. I want you to look at life through I'm your sustenance and your provision. And even though today, when you go to the grocery store, you have to produce some kind of money to buy something, I can provide in other ways. People brought groceries to us. You know, we, God would forgive debts that we would have businesses who would help us even if we didn't have money. I had a, an attorney who helped us when we were sued by our various creditors when we had no money. And God can do things like this. And he was showing to us, see, you can trust me. It wasn't the money that would bail you out. It was me. And I think that's a key for us to understand is we, if we're honest about it, if we're honest with ourselves, our systems and our culture is so money oriented, money has become an idol. This is one of the hidden things that the church really hasn't dealt with, I'd say. And, and we're going to have to deal with it because the Lord is saying, I'm judging those things that are not in alignment with what I've said in my word. And so we're going to see more shakings economically and financially. We're going to see the markets shake. They have and they will. Uh, back in 2008, during the financial crisis, the Lord said to me, hey, listen, um, do not think when the economy recovers, which it did over the next 10 years, that everything's back to normal, that this is all, whew, we made it through it. Thank God for America and its economy, and we'll, you know, may God bless the church through the economy. God was saying, no, this is the beginning of troubles, not the end. This is going to come in waves. And really, my understanding now, it's God's mercy that some of these waves have on top of the but what happened in 01 during 9-11, what happened in 08 during the financial crisis, what's happening now during the COVID crisis, these are waves of judgment that must come to shake up and wake up the church like you cannot depend and trust in the systems that are idolatrous in my sight. And so you might say, well, how on earth are we going to do anything about this, Greg? Because the whole economy is wired together. And it is, quite frankly, 70% of our GDP is tied into publicly traded companies, which have to follow the rules that violate the Lord's word. Follow the rules of profit rather than the rules of helping people. Um, and 50% of our jobs now are publicly traded companies. Our, our whole, bay, our whole uh, monetary system is tied together through the Federal Reserve. And it's it's been a mercy that the Federal Reserve has been able to bail out uh, these situations that twice now, but they are running out of their tools. They cannot and will not uh, be able to overwhelm what God is saying must come down. So we as the church need to realize this. We've got to try to gain understanding. And if God says you can trust me, account was shut tomorrow and not available to you, we learn what that looks like. Um, I want to bring us back to Matthew 6, uh, where Jesus was in the Sermon on the Mount, said two very important sections. Um, the first section that's worth talking about is he talked about, do not store up yourselves for treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for your treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and thieves not breaking the steel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Arden is one of save up for retirement, sock things away from a rainy day into the various uh, bonds, stocks, commodities, uh, bank accounts that you can, CDs, whatever it is. 
Um, and so in a sense, when we really get behind that, we can understand a lot of that is driven by fear for our future. You know, what will happen when I retire? You know, I need to, I need to have this laid aside because that's how I'm going to help myself and my family. And if we're not careful, we are playing ourselves into a system of idolatry, uh, one where we are, in, without even knowing it or understanding it, we're passively or actively participating in something that's trusting in something other for our future and our hope. Um, and, and this is a key, key verse. You have to ask yourself, yes, there's nothing wrong with money itself and wrong with uh, economy. God loves economy and loves free markets, but he, but he can't stand and people and having unfair uh, weights and balances for rich versus poor. And Jesus said here, look, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love or you will be devoted to the one and eyes the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, so this is this is key. If we look at Jesus's ministry, he really didn't depend on money much at all to do things. He used money as a lesson uh, for his disciples to learn how to perform miracles. We've lost a lot of that inheritance in the church. We're going to have to come back to it. Think of when Heidi Baker had a vision of seeing food lines in the United States, people dressed in suits, uh, driving, you know, import high-end cars and vehicles, but not having any food. So we've got to understand that our system counting on today or trusting in is going to fail. It's going to fail us. And when it does, we should not be afraid. We should not hesitate to trust in the Lord. We should say that he can make a way where there is no way. That's been our testimony in our lives, uh, walking it out. I'd love to talk to you about it more. Uh, when, uh, when you have time, you can take a look at our, our website where we talk a lot about these issues, uh, about coming out of Babylon and, and extracting ourselves from any uh, dependency on anything other than God. That's uh, newbreed.co some good resources in there. There's one article that's about systemic greed that talks about why is our economy and our stock markets systemically um, committing uh, the sin of greed and how work. Um, and so it's it's just all about gaining understanding. And even in these days that we're praying for the nation, we're praying, for example, to end abortion, the shedding of innocent blood. We're praying to end sexual immorality. We're praying that people will return to the Lord. These are bright line issues. These are things that we can, in the, amongst the remnant, really understand. But when it comes to trusting in ourselves or trusting in our money, um, that's a more sensitive area. It's less uh, widely understood, but nonetheless, it is still an issue before the Lord. So here on the Day of Atonement, seek the Lord's face on this. Seek him and you will find. He knock and the door will be open unto you. Um, for those uh, you know, who find it helpful, read the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12, verse 13 through 21. This is the man who was trying to figure out with all of his prosperity what he would do the rest of his days. 
So he essentially built himself a retirement fund by tearing down his barns and building bigger ones so that he would eat, drink, be merry, and take his ease. That is uh, the great American dream of retirement, if you really understand it. Uh, the Lord is saying that's a foolish way to act. Towards the end of our lives, like, the last thing we should be doing is thinking about how we've spent our whole life just to save up something to help ourselves and enjoy it at the end. So um, a lot of these concepts, a lot of these issues, uh, fear of our financial future, uh, being greedy in different systemic ways, um, they're big issues in our, in our nation. We're being judged for them. The judgment will come in further waves and so be prepared and personally what you can you do there's a lot that you can do in terms of and i'll just lay out a few things here there's many more you can catch up with me on the website or otherwise and uh, a lot of the things we could do um are to i'm trying to find my note here but <clears throat> instead of investing in a depersonalized system of greed what about taking some of our money off the table in those markets? We're at all-time highs right now in these financial markets, despite the COVID crisis. What if we took some of our money off the table and said, Lord, I trust you. I want to fund something like the people in Acts did when they sold some land and they gave unto the apostles' feet. I want to see something develop in my own community. I want to take something out of a far away, distant, and depersonal financial bowl that might provide me this elusive profit. And I, maybe what I want to do instead is look for opportunities in my own community uh, to invest locally with people that I know and have a relationship with, things that are outside of the structures that can fail. Uh, maybe I could help bring together the citywide church and resource things that help the community and give back. Maybe we could create, once again, local goods and services in our communities um, that will be there even if China stops sending us goods, even if um, the global uh, trade market uh, does not act like it used to. Um, what are the things that we can do here with people and our lands? How can we invest in that way? And many other uh, things like that. But we have to come out of this notion that if we don't have money in our bank account or in our retirement accounts or in our various accounts, we're done, we're dead, we're going to die. That's a, that is a lie from the pit of, of the enemy. And I personally like remember like we didn't have to worry about anything when we had, we were flush with income, had plenty of things socked aside. There was never a concern. But when we were taken by the Lord to the end of all of that, then all of those fears came out. And we had to wrestle those down. We had to trust God. And I just pray that you too can wrestle these things down and trust God before it's too late. Um, seek the Lord while he can be found is another scripture. And so I just encourage you all today, ask God, what are the ways, Lord, that you want me to change? What are the things that are going to happen that I can prepare for now, in, starting in my heart, starting in a, a faith trust walk, Lord, have I trusted in money too much? Have I depended too much on myself and not enough on you? Have I trusted you? Have I trusted only what I can see rather than what I cannot see? And that's my prayer for everybody here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.